I'm Sarah Tasker. I'm Jen Carrington. And this is Letters from a Hopeful Creative. Hi, Jen. Hi, Sarah. So I've picked a letter for us to look at this week. Are you ready to hear it? I'm ready. So this is from Claire. I need a fairy godmother or two right now. I have poured my heart and soul into my blog for three years, created a brand I love, and until recently was fairly happy for it to be my side hustle alongside my other real job. Two weeks ago, my dad passed away only a year after my mum did, and I'm reappraising everything about what makes me happy in life. More than anything, I want my blog to be my full-time gig now. It feels like the only work I have real passion for, but it just is not bringing me the money, despite me trying different business strategies, including setting up a directory, and I cannot afford to give up my other job. So my question is, if Jin can't solve the problem of how to make a blog earn money, can you help? I think it doesn't earn because I get so far with it and self-sabotage and stop for fear that all the hard work isn't perfect and less than perfect or not knowing all the answers won't earn me money. Help from Claire. Wow. I mean, first up, Claire, I'm so sorry about your dad and your mum. That's just, I'm just so sorry. Such a difficult thing to go through. And I think it does for a lot of people, any sort of bereavement can really bring life into focus in this Mm. way. And it's one of the gifts of bereavement, if we can even call it that, that it gives you clarity in your life and makes you realise what's important to you. Yeah, I was as I was reading through this this question, this letter, I, there was a few things that I was really trying to hold in my mind because I feel like this is one of those questions where a lot of the specifics change the answer. Mm. So what I mean by that is the fact that she's been pouring her soul for three years means that she's not, because the advice would be different to someone just getting started. Right. You've poured it into for three years, you've created a brand that you love. It sounds like, you've been trying lots of different things you're not you're not this isn't your first rodeo if you know what I mean yeah but it's not as easy to monetize a blog as people think it is absolutely that's what's at the heart of this isn't it is this idea that a blog should or could be making money and isn't and what's going wrong and actually it sounds like there's a bigger question here we could be looking which is how do you want to be making money? Yeah, I think I'm going to say something that I don't know if this comes across a little bit controversial. So forgive me all if it does. <laughs> I don't think in and of itself a blog is a business model. But I think where we get stuck is when we think the blog is the business model. And we're like, well, why isn't this making money? A blog is part of a business model. It's part of a business's ecosystem. But what a business model is, is what do you bring to the world? What is your service? What is your offering? What is your value? And how are you monetizing that? The blog just exists within that ecosystem. So I think my biggest advice to Claire at first would be, let's pull this out a little bit. You're not monetizing your blog, you're building a business. That's right. So what she really wants to monetize is that brand she's mentioned. And that can sit on a blog, but it can also sit on other platforms Mm -hmm. and there's something at the heart of that brand that she needs to monetize rather than the blog. Rather than saying, I'm going to monetize my Twitter, I'm going to monetize my Instagram, I'm going to monetize my blog, it should be, I want to monetize this thing I've built that people are interested in. Yeah, ultimately you're building a business here. Whether that is feels like it or not for you, if you want to work for yourself full-time, you're a business owner and you're, 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 you have a brand. And, and I think pulling it out to that lens, and I think a big part of this that I think a lot of people don't, always expect is there's a huge journey of actually becoming a business owner and what I mean by that is your brain to start to own I'm a business owner I have to have a business model and a plan and I have to own this and I think I would just pull it out that little bit further and just think let's not talk about this like it's a blog because the blog is just part of it you want to start a business that is fulfilling for you and that it sounds like it's very creation based because you've been creating for so long on your blog 
Absolutely. So the first question I think is what does she offer to her readers? What's the value that she is providing that they can not get elsewhere or don't want to get elsewhere? So you've tried this with the directory, which is a great way to add value. But if that's not worked, if that's not become the thing, then perhaps it's not quite the heart of the value that people are coming to you for. Yeah, I think like there's a couple of things. There's there's two routes to this, I think. Some people start a business off because they've got a really clear idea of what they want to offer. They're a website designer or a yoga teacher or a coach and the business is built from that. Some other people, they've built a creative platform and they're like, okay, what do I do with this? So from there, you can you can try and connect to, well, what am I passionate about? Who do I want to help? I think the most important question is how do I want to spend my days? Yes. <laughs> because you might want to help people, but you don't want to do one-on-one work all day long. So figuring out that, and then figuring out how do you want to monetize this what type of business are you building an exercise that you might find helpful people listening or Claire or if you're in the same situation as Claire is make a list of all the different ways you could monetize it because that information is quite easy directory sponsored content adverts courses services workshops the, it's, it's an exhaustive list Product. like products there's so many different things you can do here then get a highlighter out and highlight the ones that you actually would feel true to you that just gives you an inclination of where you are feeling around the different ways to do things one thing I really like as well to ask at this stage if you're right at the beginning is to just think of the work you have done so far in life that mm-hmm. felt good mm-hmm. and maybe it wasn't work in the traditional sense not something you did at the office but something, a moment in your past where you felt like you were using all of your skills, like you were excelling. We've all got those memories of things where you're like, this, this is my thing where I can, this is my superpower. And what was it about that that really fired you up, that really filled you up, that made you feel like you were in the right place? And then how can you find a way to offer that through your online presence and brand that you've built? What was that moment for you? So for me, it was, I mean, I was in a very similar situation to Claire, if you think about it. I'd built an Instagram, I'd built a blog, I had an audience, but I hadn't built it with a business in mind. It was Mm -hmm. purely a sharing platform for me. And I was very nerdy about Instagram. I've always loved all of this stuff, kind of how we communicate. Mm -hmm. I got my degree in linguistics. I'm all about human communication and how people express themselves, especially on the internet. (laughs) Then that lent itself to Instagram (laughs) because that's where I was spending all of my time. So I had all this nerdy information, but I didn't really think of that as something anyone else would want until I started to write blog posts about it because it was my passion. I wanted to talk about it. And I realized they were getting double the traffic Uh, of everything else I was sharing. It was the Instagram stuff people wanted to know because back then no one was talking about how this stuff happens and from there I was able to say well how can I share this information in a way that feels good for me first of all I tried coaching one-to-one found that quite draining because I've got complicated health Mm. issues and all of that time speaking one-to-one to to people was making me so tired and also I was repeating a lot of that information so that then made me think okay this would work better as a class that we can all work through together So there was no kind of path that I could set out to follow at that point. There was, I don't think there was anyone I knew of who was selling classes mm-hmm. on Instagram. But we worked together. Jen was actually really instrumental in helping me figure this out to go, what feels good for me? What works well for me? And what works for my audience? Because I don't think you can totally disregard that. It would be lovely to go, well, I want to talk about X, Y, and Z and just assume your audience will come along with it. But there's kind of a bit of give and take in there of saying, what are people here for? What have they come to expect from me? And how can I offer that in a way that adds value? Yeah, my mantra is you are your business's starting off point. And what I mean by that is, 
if you just build a business because you think it's what people want from you or what's expected of you, there's a limit to what that can do. Mm. You are your business is that enough point, your vision, your energy, your heart, your ideas. But like Sarah said, that can't exist in a vacuum. You have to be giving people what they want, what they need. And sometimes people don't know what they want and don't know what they need. And that's where your marketing and your content comes in sure. to bridge that gap. I guess where my brain went when I was reading Claire's letter is, what do you want to do, Claire? Because we could we could say to you, try out these five different things, but you just what, what where's that going to lead you? It's got to come from what do you want to do? How do you want to spend your days? What would be a fulfilling way for you to make money? Sometimes your favorite thing isn't the thing that makes you money. For example, apart from working with my clients, because I'm very lucky that one of my favorite things in my business is the thing that I make my money from. Probably one of the other favorite things that I do is the content creation. Mm-hmm. So write my blog posts, my letters, this podcast. That doesn't make me any money. I don't monetize that. That just exists within the ecosystem of my brand and it helps me connect with people. So I would also say, don't feel limited in what you currently enjoy to be the only ways you can monetize it because sometimes what you really enjoy isn't the thing that will bring in the money. It's the thing that supports making the money. Absolutely. And sometimes the thing we do to make the money we do so that it supports us to do the thing we love. Yes. So that becomes a little ecosystem of its own that kind of... Yeah, it's, it's ultimately, you're building a business here, Claire. Like, I feel like I, I'm sounding like like I'm teaching you to suck eggs here, like, you are building a business. <laughs> but I think a business, at the heart of every business, is a very core of who you are in the world, how you want to show up in the world, and what you want to do in the world. And it's kind of, how do you want to spend your days, and what's the impact you want to leave? What are you awesome at? What's special about you? Like, what... What's exciting to you as a person? Because ultimately you've got to find something that you offer that you sell, whether it's a service or a product or just the space of your platform to market it, like to companies as a brand. What do you sell to people? What do you have available? And also turning that around, what is the pain point for those people that Mm -hmm. you're talking to that you can help them with? Like, how can you be of service? It's quite easy, I think, to build something that is really self-serving, but not of service to anybody else. And that's where a lot of us can fall down. But if we're always keeping in mind, how can I show up best for these people who mm-hmm. who have invested in me by reading my content, by following me, by whatever else, how can I best meet their needs and help them with what they're seeking help with, then you're automatically going to build a business that thrives and you're going to feel fulfilled because you're actually making a difference and having an impact. Yeah, I could not agree more. It's kind of coming at it from instead of asking, how can I make money? It's how can I serve people? Yes. It's through the service that the money comes, but without the service there's no money because why would people pay you for anything? We don't know what you do, Claire, but I would say, so you've been pouring your heart and your soul into your blog for three years. So the first question to ask yourself is, what is my blog about? What have I been sharing? What have I been building a relationship around? What is my story, message, ideas? Like who am I in all of this? And start to see where that could go next. So let's just take an example of, say you are a slow living blogger, for example, and you focus a lot on slow travel and you, I'm making this up literally as I speak, so bear with me everyone, <laughs> and you talk about slow family living. Okay, you could start creating some slow travel guides or you could start creating a course around how to um, embrace slow living as a busy family or how to pack, like how to plan a trip as a slow traveler. Like you can start to think about the things that you share, how can that translate into things that support the people who are connecting what it is you have to say. And for me, I always go back to where are the points I've struggled with in the past yeah. and how can I share what I've learned? Because that lovely mantra of our audience is usually an awful lot like us, but perhaps without our knowledge, perhaps without some of our skills that we have now. So in that example of a slow living travel guide, For me, one of the things I've realized lately is if I create a Google map with pins dropped of everywhere where I like to travel, 
So if I'm going to a new city, I'll drop pins for all those locations. If I could buy that from somebody, that would be an amazing thing for me to invest in. Now, I wouldn't know that that was a, a really great product unless I'd gone through that experience myself of trying to find everything on a list of a piece of paper and typing them all into Google and then realizing it was so much easier the other way. Yeah. So having lived through the experience and the pain points yourself, you're much better able to problem solve it for yourself and then problem solve it for your audience. And that's where really innovative business ideas come from. Because if you're just looking at the industry and copying what's come before right. you, you can make it work that way, but it's limited in what it can do. Whereas if you're building something from your own experiences and perspective, you're making something that nobody else can make. And that's where the magic really happens. Absolutely. And if you look at the people who are really thriving online, that's what's happening is they're innovating all the time. It's about creation instead of about imitation. Yeah. And I would say a big part of this is that nothing you do has any guarantees. So the question isn't like, it's not coming at it from a point of view of my blog has to make money and I have to do it this way because there's no guarantees there. But when a business has a bigger vision and a bigger idea and something that you're really passionate about, you then have the ability to move that forward. There's no guarantees. You don't know what's going to happen, but you've got to have a bigger vision for it that that's bigger than you. But I think the thing that I see hold people back the most is the disappointment of how hard this is to make to monetize up any form of business yeah. and to believe the lie that you just need I know you were joking, Claire, in the letter, but the idea of a fairy godmother, there's there's nothing that's going to make this quick and easy for you. A business is a little miracles, in my opinion, because we have taken ideas from scratch and built them into something that resonates and connects with other people so much that they want to invest their hard-earned money into what it is we have to offer. That blows my mind every single day. And that takes so much work and so much sowing of seeds and building strong foundations that I don't think as you evolve into treating this more like a business don't believe the lie that it's going to be easy because that will stop you when it starts to get hard that's so true yeah when we meet that resistance and we think this isn't supposed to be this yeah, way yeah. so we give up Claire speaks doesn't she about the the risk of perfectionism and feeling like it's got to be perfect or yeah. it's not going to work so that's obviously something you identify Claire that you're at risk of falling into that trap yeah business is messy like nothing um, ever is perfect for me. No. It's just lots of like wheels turning at all times. Absolutely. And you're, you're juggling so many things that there's very little time to ever perfect anything. In fact, I kind of have a bit of a, a motto to myself that if I'm taking the time to perfect something, I'm probably overdoing it because it's better to get it out and try it out and then adapt it and change it as you go along. Because what you think is perfect might not be perfect once you've tested it with your audience I mean a business is a living breathing thing at the end of the day right. it's, it's not static it's every day you're growing and getting better and building things so I think perfectionism is one of those identities that I think we can bear with me here everybody I'm, I'm saying this with love we can use as an excuse not to show up and do the work because mm -hmm. like oh, I'm a perfectionist so I can't do this and there's a story there and I know perfectionism you know it's so rooted in people's childhoods and experiences I feel very lucky that I'm not a perfectionist it isn't something that plagues me so I know I'm I'm coming at this from a very privileged point of view but I would encourage you to not allow your perfectionism to be a bigger part of your identity than your capacity to build something amazing and to do the work that will move you in your life and your career forward and speaking as a recovering perfectionist the more we can resist those tendencies to, to perfectionism and test it out and see that things are okay anyway, the easier it is to break free from those kind of constraints. It is very easy online to feel like 
perfection is possible. It is, I think it is possible, but it's not sustainable. And that's the trap because you could spend all of your time trying to do the perfect job of something, or you could spend all of your time doing a good enough job of something that gets it out there and makes it work. I mean, let's take this podcast, for example. Like, I feel like we've just, we've sat down in front of the microphone. We've got things out there. If we had a limited time and energy, would we do this a little differently? Sure. Probably, but then we would never get it done. You've got two women here with busy businesses, chronic illnesses, (laughs) families. Like, we've got to do the best we can do in a way that feels good, in a way that we enjoy this and don't want to kill each other on the other side. Done is better than perfect. So I would say, yes, okay, Claire. My brain is like, I really want to help Claire start to move forward and take action. I have an idea for something for Claire to do. Like, Claire, look at the landscape around you. I think this can be really helpful when there's a lot of people out there who, and I was the same, actually, I built a blog before I built a business. Yeah. And I went on a journey of transitioning that blog into business. Now I very much have a business that just has a blog as a very quite small part of the business actually it just kind of exists within my content ecosystem so there's a big journey here of transitioning your brain to think of it from a blog to a business take influencers for example their blog is the heart of their business so it's not that the blog might not be a center of it but let's just call it a business instead of a blog if that makes sense yeah but if your head's still transitioning into that something I find can be really helpful is look at the landscape around you what are the other businesses that are inspiring you what do you like what don't you like start to see what is inspiring to you start to see what interests you start to see what you definitely don't want to do because that's just as good of an indicator too sure but start to look at it from a business lens and and start to look at people not what they just share content wise but how are they making their money start to look at it that way so you can start to look at it from a business model perspective definitely like shifting that lens can be a really powerful thing I would suggest as well a good old SWOT analysis Mm -hmm. so that's a real kind of business studies get grab a bit of paper divide it into four sections S is strength W is weaknesses O is opportunities T is threat so it's SWOT and in each box you pull apart what you've got so far for your business so we know you've got the strength you've got the asset of an audience Mm -hmm an invested audience who's turning up for reading your blog and you've got the asset of that content that's on the blog that hopefully is going to continue to bring mm-hmm. people. But what are your opportunities from that? What do, opportunities has that opened up that you can do? What weaknesses have you got? What areas have you not yet established yourself in that maybe you could, maybe you need a mailing list and you could start building that. Maybe you've not ventured onto social media and it's time to try that. And what are the threats to you making something of this? Is it that you need to be making more money and you've not got much time? Is it that the model you're trying to build is something that's time limited and it's not Mm -hmm. going to be relevant to people in a few years? And maybe even I think we need to make space here for you to give yourself time to grieve and to not Mm -hmm. jump in too hard on anything. There is a school of thought I know that a lot of counsellors use that say you shouldn't make any huge life changes or decisions for a couple of years after a major bereavement because you're going through a process I don't think this necessarily constitutes a huge life change because you don't necessarily want to go and quit your job tomorrow. That's not what we're talking about. But just be mindful that you are also hurting and healing mm. and give yourself permission to go through that. Yeah, no, that's huge. That, something that came into my mind is a bit of a, a mantra I have around kind of what for you to do next is don't let what you've already built stop you from building what you could become. And so what I mean by that is your blog isn't the only thing you're capable of doing. If you only do next build from what you've already built, you could be missing out on like a whole load of magic. Because if your blog is not currently making you money and you've been doing it for three years, you've obviously hit some form of wall here with it. Right. And that doesn't mean that you have not got the potential for more. It's Sometimes it might just be that you've just gone as far as you can within your own mindset right now with mm-hmm. it. But as we were saying at the beginning, a blog isn't a business model. 
a a business is a business model and so I would say don't be afraid to pull it out a little bit and ask yourself everyone has a question that helps them get their own clarity and it's different for everyone for me it's always a blend of what's the impact I want to have in the world and what's the life I want to live those are the most clarifying questions for me for some people it's you know how do I want to spend my days for some people it's you know what do I want to achieve for some people it's what do I want to create it's time for you to maybe explore what that guiding question is for you like what's the biggest fire for you so because for example say for you it's that you want to have a big impact and there's a big message that you believe in that's going to maybe show that maybe you want to support people through coaching or courses or workshops maybe you really want to create that's going to show that you need to monetize your creativity if you really want to build community figure out what is really guiding you here bigger than just you want to quit your job and do this full-time Absolutely. I feel like as well, there's something here and this may be not relevant in your case, Claire, it might be more relevant for other people because I don't know about Mm -hmm. your parents and your relationship with them. But a lot of the time, our our parents are the voice in our head that Mm -hmm. keeps us from taking the scary leaps or maybe pursuing our creative Mm. dreams, not in a negative way, but because parents, their job is to keep us safe and protect us. And a lot of the time, if you go to your parents and say, so I'm thinking about, you know, quitting my job and becoming a full-time blogger, a lot of mums and dads are going to say, that's not what you should do. That's not a good idea. So losing your parents and losing that tether to those previous decisions I wonder if that's opening up a new way of thinking for you Mm -hmm. as well and maybe making you feel free to make more creative decisions that you you weren't able to before perhaps that's not relevant to you Claire and I certainly don't mean any offense to your mum and dad who I'm sure were wonderful parents it's not a negative relationship it's just quite a natural dynamic I think for us to have as parents and children yeah and I guess also on the flip side of that depending on your relationship with your parents sometimes your parents can also be your catalyst for courage true so having these people who believe in you root for you who you could call whenever you want and losing that is like I can only imagine that it feels like you're living on a little tiny island in the middle of the ocean away from everyone you've been chopped off from your cheerleaders yeah I know if my mum wasn't here in the world and I just didn't have this one person who I mean she's gonna go one day unfortunately please not for a long time she's I can fail in front of her and it's fine we can't underestimate how this grief that you're going through has shifted your world right and how it might continue to shift and and whether that's going to be in the right direction or maybe it's going to send you on a bit of a loop for a while that you'll need to come back from yeah and I mean the beautiful thing is that it sounds like it's given you some clarity around what you want from your life which I think if we can go through trauma and we come out stronger on the other side I think there's nothing more beautiful than that I agree and so I think the biggest thing that I see holding people back at a similar stage to that you're in Claire now is just the impatience of wanting to figure it out straight away to get the money now to get it all sorted when in reality a business takes time you want strong foundations you want to know who you are and what you're doing and you want to figure this out so I would say if you can give yourself any gift right now give yourself the gift of patience and time to figure this out because you can build some like if you take me and Sarah for example we're in our what fourth years now Mm -hmm. and it's taken us time to get to these moments that we're in right now. And before these four years of actually running the business, we had years on top of that of just creating and showing up. Yeah. And learning kind of the ropes of all of that, of what works, what resonates, what doesn't, where we want what to we be, enjoy. What we enjoy. Yeah, what we enjoy, what we always feel resistant to. Yeah. All of that work that it sounds like you've been doing over the past three years already, so that maybe you're ready to take that next step. I also wonder for you, Claire, have you had 
for you to have been in this industry for a while, blogging for three years, thinking about turning it into a business, you must have an idea, I wonder about what it is you're curious about doing. And like you mentioned in the letter, you self-sabotage and you stop, which I wonder if that's where the impatience has kicked in. You tried something that you were passionate about, but didn't kick off straight away. So you stepped away from it. So I'm curious whether you already have some of the answers already. What are the things that you've been curious about doing over the years, even if they didn't work? Because sometimes they didn't work just because you didn't give it enough time or you didn't do it in the best most effective way so what's the clarity you do have right now what have you enjoyed doing so far how would you love to spend your days Uh, try and sit with that question how do you want to spend your days and what how do you want to serve other people because it takes a lot of courage to stick with one of Mm. those things it's one thing to decide on it and to give it a whirl for a week or a day but it's something else to say I'm not going to know if it's worked for six months or for a year year. or two years yeah and how do we measure that like what metrics are we looking at because it's very easy to go well, you know, the sales aren't coming in, so it's not working. But sometimes things are not that quick. They're not that overnight if we're building something that's deeper and more sustainable. So you really need to find that self-belief and that courage that you can keep tapping into on those days when it feels impossible to look back on and say, no, I've made this commitment. I'm going to keep trying this one thing and I'll know if it's worked when this time level comes up. Yeah, and something else that I see people really struggle with, and I think this is a really hard part to sit with but is when we ask of our business well it's not yet ready to give us we kill it right we stifle it so if you're asking from your business right now in your blog to make you money before it's got to a place where the foundations are in place to do that you will not make it because you will just feel frustrated and heartbroken and like you're failing whereas in reality you're sowing the seeds for something amazing coming down the line so I would very lovingly encourage you to Make sure you have the right mindset and expectations going into this because I truly believe that all of us are capable of building the business of our dreams, but it's not going to happen on our schedule. So true. And stuff you can do, anyone can do right now to be building that business that doesn't involve putting any strain on it is nurturing your community, creating the best content you can, branching out and trying new things, out creating everything you've created before and keeping on moving. And if you can keep focusing on those things, you will grow and you will grow a strong foundation for your business, even if you don't actually then ask anything of it for another six months, another year, even longer. Yeah, because once you know what you want to offer, that's, that's it. Me and Sarah know who we are and what we offer people. We might still be, you know, figuring out our own self-doubt along the way sometimes or how we want to share it, but we know what we offer. That's the very core of a business. That's the very core of the thing you need to make money. So it's your job now to figure that out. What do you want to do? How do you want to make money? What excites you? Something else I find quite helpful for some of us, I mean, because everyone's different, questions help get to the answers. But something I try and help some of my clients do is to figure out what their guiding anchors are. And what I mean by this is we're all making decisions from a different priority base. So for some people, money is more important than impact. And for some people, impact is more important than money. For some people, freedom is more important than money. For some people, you need to work around your family. Figure out what your guiding anchors are in your life right now. Maybe it's it needs to fulfill you, but it also needs to pay the bills and it also needs to give you time freedom. And there's no shame attached to any of them. No. It's not like if you say, actually, the most important thing to me right now is money. That's no, no, no. bad thing. No, you've got to, there's no, no, no shame here, but you've got to get clear because once you figure out what your guiding anchors are, then you can start to make decisions based on them. Because if say you say for you, time freedom is something you need, but then you start to explore a service that's going to take up all your time, there's a decision made for you there already. And say for you, money right now is more important to you than impact and you develop a product that isn't going to have a very big profit margin, that's also going to make a decision for you there. So it's figuring out from what priorities do you want to be making decisions from? You're right. I guess another thing I would say to you is 
if this feels messy and complicated right now, it's because it is. It's messy and complicated for everybody and it's stressful for everybody. Don't believe the lie that this is supposed to be neat and tidy. To build a business from scratch, even if you've already built a platform for yourself, it's a really challenging, hard, but amazing journey to go on. And it's okay if this feels a little uncomfortable or unknown or out of your control right now, because it is like a business, you're, you're building something from nothing. So it's okay if this feels messy. I guess as well, I just want to say like, you're not wrong. You're not wrong to think that what you've built has the potential to be a business. Because I feel like that's at the heart of your question is this fear that you think maybe it could potentially be a business, but whenever you try, it's not working out. So my gosh, what if I'm wrong? You're not wrong. You've built an audience. You've built something that has a real value. It's an asset, but it's not a business in and of itself. So that's what we're trying to get you to look at is you're right that you've got the germ of something here, but how do you want to bring it to life? I cannot agree with you more, Sarah, as well. Does that even for Claire to own that she's built something amazing but yeah. anyone to have built for three years have been blogging and sharing your ideas and sharing who you are and connecting people that's amazing most people give up long before that point people dream of that I mean I believe inherently we're all storytellers and people just dream of telling their story or sharing a little bit of who they are so that's amazing and and this there's so much potential here everyone has been where you are now Claire in some form or another it's just it's kind of putting a different hat on there's a most creative business owners, we have to blend between our creativity and our business mind. And we're all sometimes stronger in different areas. So it's kind of just a, um, adapting to a slightly different mindset. I think if you want this to be a full-time job. I agree completely. Yeah. And I mean, I guess, okay, I am going to put in the show notes, I don't know if this might be a bit premature for you, Claire, but I have a mini book called Uncover Your Big Hearted Business and it's got loads of exercises. I would say, I'm going to put the link to that in the show notes. Maybe try and sit with that for a little bit and see if those kind of more business-minded questions kind of help you to start to pull out things that you didn't even know were already there and to start and I would say the other big thing I would say is just look around at the industry and see what you like see what you don't like um start to make a list of different ideas you've got and then it sounds like for you the biggest work here is for you to follow through is to not give up because of the fear of perfect like not being perfect or the self-sabotaging or the fear of it not being good enough I mean the secret the secret to reaching your goals is staying the course till you reach the goals yeah it really is the one thing I've got to add to your little to-do list that you've set for her there Jen is ask your audience what Mm -hmm. they want from you like this is the most powerful tool that people never had before if you wanted to open a shop on your local high street 20 years ago you had no way of knowing what the people on your local high street might want to buy but you can ask your blog readers what they would like help from you what what kind of content they want more of what you know whether they like listening to podcasts or they prefer watching videos whatever it is you're thinking about doing you can survey them whether that's with surveys built into your blog or whether that's via an email or even just a poll on Instagram we have that ability to get those answers directly from our audience and if you're not already using that you're always missing a trick yeah oh that's such a great point Sarah and I think the other thing is also what are the questions people are already asking you yes and what are people telling you why they really love your blog pay attention to that like say if people are saying like oh Claire I just love how you help me feel less alone there's a bit of an answer in there for you or if people are always asking you how do you take such beautiful photos or how do you style these things so well start to pay attention to what feedback you're already getting because there's some answers in there absolutely and just like me when I've discovered my audience would click the link in my bio on Instagram if it was linked to a post about Instagram you will have all those clues already scattered throughout your analytics if you just dig in and start looking at comments and questions you're getting. Yeah, I, I'm just wishing you so much luck, Claire, because, I mean, you've 
three years of pouring yourself into a blog and it's amazing I just I hope you get to where you want to get to I really do and I hope that you're able to build something really positive for yourself out of this difficult time that you're going through we're sending you lots of love yeah so much love and I mean if this isn't one of those universal questions I don't know what is if any of you, I mean, all of you must have some thoughts on this, whether you're right where Claire is now, or you've been through that journey, or you're watching someone go through that journey, we would love to hear your thoughts using our hashtag, Dear Hopeful Creative. Yes, find us on Instagram, find us on Twitter, and get involved with the conversation, because we are just two people, this is just two people's worth of experiences, but there's so much we can learn from each other. Yeah, and yeah, we'll see you next Monday with our next episode. Thanks for listening. Bye. You can join us at lettersfromahopefulcreative.com and on social media. So on Instagram, I'm at me and Orla. And you'll find me at Jen Carrington underscore. We're going to be sharing new episodes every Monday. So if you've liked what you've heard so far, hit subscribe in your podcast app and be sure to leave us a review because it will help other people find the show. Yeah, and we can't wait to connect with you soon.